What's going on, people? This is Lecrae. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Kel Mitchell. Vicky Wine is that? What be me? Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Brian Hooks. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Dr. Dorinda Clark Cole. Yo, what up, y'all? It's your boy, Kev, on stage. Yo, what's up? This is Doug E. Fresh. What up, what up? It's DJ Emmy for that Breakfast Club. What's up, everybody? It's Mr. Talkbox. Hello there. This is Kim Burrell. Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Cardi Cortez. Well, hello there. I am Ja'Kalen Carr. Good afternoon. It's Jess with a mess. Hey, everyone. This is Faith Jesse. My name is Kid from Kid and Play. Peace to the planet. Charlemagne the God here. What's up, y'all? Las Vegas. It's said entertainer. I want you to download and tune into the greatest gospel station in the Las Vegas area. It's the number one gospel station. Number one gospel station. Number one gospel radio. Check it out. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go download Anointed Radio app. From either the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. For 24-7 gospel. Make sure to check out their website at anointedradionetwork.com. Music for the soul, music for your spirit, music to lift your heart. That soul food for your body, that energy for your spirit. Gospel in the morning, gospel for lunch, gospel at dinner, and then you go to sleep. You know what? Guess what? You're dreaming about some gospel. Sometimes these are the songs that really uplift us and uh, get us through some of the tough times. Salute Pastor J. Calhoun and Anointed Radio. No, your boy wouldn't steer you wrong. Go listen right now. You feel me? Check them out without no doubt, because gospel is what it's all about. Good evening, everybody. This is Pastor Jay, and we're going to start off in normal fashion. Normal fashion is we're going to start with a prayer and a scripture. And the scripture we're coming out of will be coming out of Joel chapter 2, verse 12. And it says, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abound in love, and he re relents from sending calamity. God wants us to come back. What have we been doing? You know, I, I posted just recently, uh, when's the last time you witnessed to somebody that was an unbeliever about Jesus? It, it, God wants us to get back on track. You know, so many people are focused on titles. So many people are focused about personal things that they want to do. But what have you done? Like the song said, what have you done for him lately? What, what have you done for God lately? These are some of the things that we should be constantly reminding ourselves to be able to do what he ordained us to do. Go out and spread the gospel. Go out to all nations and spread the gospel. So if you've been at work, you could witness to one person a day. That's 365 people in a year that you could witness to and tell them, not preach to them, but witness. Tell your testimony because there's power in the testimony. Because when you preach to people, you turn them off. But if you could tell them about a man that saved you, if you could tell them about the things that you've been through that God saved you from or delivered you from, you don't understand the impact and the seed that you can do. Amen. Amen. Dear Father God, we just thank you, God, for everything. 
God, we ask you to enter the room. God, we ask you to be in the midst right now. God, let us be able to reach the unreachable, teach the unteachable, and even touch somebody with the hardest heart so they can say, what can I do to be saved? God, enlarge the territory of anointed radio to go out and go forth to new airwaves, to new audience members, to, to new countries, to new cities. God, let us be a great representation in a light of hope that represent you throughout this world, God. God, we just ask you to bless every person under the sound of my voice, that they can get new revelation, that they can truly perfect their relationship with you, God, that they can truly hear that voice that they've tuned down a little bit so they can be able to know their purpose, so they can know their direction and guidance, that they can know the next steps. Guide their feet, Lord, so that they can truly go where they need to go and speak the things that you want them to say. God, mold them, deliver them, change them, God. God, we just thank you for everything that you're doing. We thank you for bringing us through this week, that you put a hedge of protection. You protect us from hurt, harm, and danger. God, we just thank you for everything that you're doing, the love that you have for us, because you give us a chance every morning with new grace and mercy. So God, we thank you. We glorify you. We give you all the glory and all the praise. We say that all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 It's Pastor Jalen. Like always, I got something to say. And what I got to say is this. You can follow me at Anointed Jalen on all social media platforms. And um, if you want to listen to my music, you can follow my music page and see Jesus, you make me happy. My team reps, Jesus, renew my praise, wake up, bless, slip away, all those good things and alert. I'm coming out with new music. I haven't did it in a while, didn't even do it for all 2023, but I'm going to come out with new music this year. I have a lot of people that's been asking. And um, if you didn't know, make sure you come out to Atlanta to the Prisoner of the Mind conference out in Atlanta, Georgia, June 2nd to the 4th, where I'll be sitting on the panel on a TED Talk and I'll be performing some of the songs as, uh, songs I did just mention. So make sure you come out to Atlanta, Georgia for the conference. And let's do a roll call for any of all the people that are absent. We got the legendary Dr. Marvinetta Clay, Las Vegas's favorite auntie. She is um, teaching Bible study. So make sure that you Pray for her family, Ashley. Um, her family is going through some things, so definitely keep her and her family in prayer. Another person is Miss Brittany Marley. Um, she just had her birthday, and she has some things to keep keep her um, in mind and walk her Marley. Um, and with that, I'm going to bring up my co-host that's in studio. We got the Miss Prophetess Tish. We have semi so real. All right, ladies, everybody tell tell where they can follow you, your websites, all the good stuff that you do on Anointed Radio and after. Hello, hello, hello. I am Prophetess Tishier. You can find me at fervently.creations on Instagram. You can find me at Tishier on Facebook. You can also find me in the Clubhouse Street as Prophetess Tishier as well. But hey, do not miss me. Next, this weekend in Huntsville, Alabama, as I will be doing an author pop-up next week, the next weekend, I will be in Glenville, Georgia, speaking at the Survival Kit Women's Conference as well. And at the end of March, I will be in South Florida preaching as well in 
at a conference there at the gathering conference. But however, as Pastor Jay was mentioning earlier, do not forget to meet us in Atlanta, Georgia, June 2nd, June 4th for the Prison of War in the Mind Conference. That is where we'll be doing networking as well. We're mixing marketplace ministry along with mindset shift slash mental health along with deliverance because it all works hand to hand. And so, hey, come out and fellowship with us, but also get what it is that you need for for whatever it is that is <laughs> they may have you bound or so i got whatever you whatever whatever you need come on out come on whatever you need we got it we got it <laughs> and this is your girl semi so real you can find me on facebook instagram and the tick to the top and coming up i will be on vacation in hawaii for my birthday i'm coming um, and that's where I will be. And Prophetess Tish is going to pop out of the suitcase and we're going to have a good time. <laughs> not pop out the suitcase. Hopefully it's not spirit because, you know, you never mind. Never you know, mind. I'm not riding the spirit. That's, I don't even know what kind of spirit it is because, you know, there's good and bad. There are evil. Well, first of all, I'm not going to let you disrespect spirit. I was just playing. The spirit, spirit is, got, spirit is spirit disrespectful. Good, got me good places. Spirit is disrespectful. The last time I wrote spirit, I said, Siri, tell spirit to recline my seat for real. And it wouldn't do it. I said, Siri, tell spirit to give me a whole can of juice. Um, Siri, tell spirit to stop charging my credit card for that small carry-on. <laughs> spirit, I said, Siri, tell me what kind of spirit is spirit. Siri was like, I'm looking now, and uh, this is not the spirit of the living God. And that <laughs> is as much content as I have. I'm going to put that public notice. Uh, semi views of spirit um, does not match up with the, the anointed radio show that has all her personal views but we like you here at Spirit, spirit Airlines here in Las Vegas That's good. I know to put you on spirit to get you to Atlanta hey <laughs> hey hey I'm good I because I, one thing I'm, I'm gonna tell you, this was a testimony. I was stranded in New Orleans. Oh, I love that place. Talk about it. And uh, and I was nervous on the plane and a mother. Mm, I don't know what church she belonged to, but I knew she was somebody church mother. Yeah. Mm. And mother. she came and, and it was turbulence because it was a hurricane season and the plane was going like this. And she said, See, that's just like when you put your hand, let me put my hand. Outside the window, and the wind is 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 just moving your hand a little bit. That's turbulent, but you always stay in God's hands. I said, "You better preach." I went. I had a good sleep all the way to San Francisco, and yeah, that was that was a good. I, I ain't been turbulent ever since then. But spirit, I'll see y'all soon. I'm just saying. Anyway, I just need to make it to my destination. Oh, you'll get there. Just don't do a legion. That's a different story. But oh, shout out to Allegiant oh, no. Stadium. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Allegiant Stadium here in Las Vegas. 
home of the Las Vegas Raiders. And speaking of the Las Vegas Raiders, our media partners, we want to give a good shout out to the Las Vegas Raiders, the Las Vegas Knights, the Las Vegas Aviators, the Las Vegas Lights, and our first hometown champions, the WNBA Lady Aces. Shout outs to all you guys, our sports media partners. With hey, that, can we say we, happy birthday to Brittany? We said I can't say Happy birthday. Week. I missed week. it. You should text me. I sure did. I missed it's, it. It's, it's belated because it didn't happen. It's belated. Crickets. Crickets. I know. Crick, crick. Crickets. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and bring up our guests. And our guest we have is a talented man that I heard him on um, Instagram. And I heard a song called Underdog. An underdog got me. I was like, hey, I got to get him on the show. So everybody, I want everybody to welcome Mr. Curtis Hoppy, everybody. How y'all doing? What's doing up? Hey, welcome, welcome. Hey. First Loving of all, we like to say welcome. Welcome, and where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, Facebook, the Curtis Hoppy, Curtis with a K, K U R T I S H O P P I E. Got it. Simple. And do you, and do you got a website? Uh, yeah, CurtisHoppy.com. There you go. With a K. With a K. Everybody, make sure you go follow. Make sure that you follow and that you go and support and buy his music. See, people say stream. I always say go and spend that. What is it? Ninety nine cent, one twenty nine. Which one is it? Uh, I don't pay too much attention. I just, <laughs> just I'm okay yeah. either way. You you want to stream it? You want to buy it? I'm I'm a, a happy man. Amen. But I'm <laughs> gonna say as Pastor Jay, go buy his music. <laughs> That's true support to an artist. I his appreciate it. Such a fraction. But if you really was touched by his music, go out there and actually go to the Apple store or wherever Amazon, wherever you use and pay that 99 or 129 or 169, whatever it is you spend it on worse. I'm just saying you and then stream it and then stream it on repeat <laughs> on, on your, on your playlist. That's out there. That Spotify, Apple playlist, just go stream it Tell all <laughs> yeah. your and all your, all your peoples about his music. So we're going to go ahead and go and move on to the game. We always miss Miss Brittany. Hey, oh, no. We can go ahead and say we miss you, Miss Brittany. I miss you. We I miss, miss you. Miss, we miss you, Miss Brittany. <laughs> we all miss you, Miss Brittany. <laughs> Even though I just miss you. <laughs> so, instead of Miss Brittany coming and bringing her lovely game of this or that, which we love so much, we're going to have Prophetess Tish come and come with some questions in her improvised game that we came up with today. So y'all listen, I got to tell y'all about this game first. So it's called Talking Points and they have them for couples, they have them for your family, and they also have them for Christians. So we went out to eat as a family and we took the family one with us and we went to Hibachi. It was another family that sat with us the whole time. Like we were sitting there in the 
it was a very good game for family to where like somebody at a whole nother table end up coming over because they actually enjoyed the conversation so so well. So listen, if you're having problems with everybody looking in their phone, doing this, doing family time, I do suggest going to Amazon or getting any type of game like this that gets people out of their their phone and actually physically talking to one another. So that's what I wasn't paid. They need to pay me for that. But anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> so the first question to everyone is, who is your favorite character in the Bible and why? <sighs> yes, it makes you think. Jesus. <laughs> why? That's the easiest answer, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Because Jesus had learned how to not get affected by people and still was able to operate in ministry. And one thing that stood out to me is that even when his closest disciples kept falling asleep, I just think about the garden and he kept going back and he's like, and you sleep again. Like, I just think I, I, I picture Jesus like, bruh, bruh, they really sleep. They know that I got the FBI, the, the army, everybody after me and they sleep on guard. Come on now. And he still loved them. See, that's a hard, that's a very hard trait you see in nowadays. Cause a lot of people, as soon as you do one wrong thing or step out of line, oh, I can't trust them. You acting funny. I'm cutting you off. And like I've always said, Christians can't cut people off like that because that's not what we're called to. We're supposed to be people of love, not people of judgment. And 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 let me stop. But yeah, that's Jesus. See, I thought he's gonna say he loved Jesus because Jesus went. <laughs> That seems to be a semi answer. Is that is that your final answer, Simi? Is that your final answer? No. Who's yours? You know, any think you want to go, Curtis? I can go. I can go. Okay. Uh, so so it's who do I re so there's who's my favorite and who do I relate to? Right. Ooh. I relate to almost everyone, pretty much. And who's my favorite is Jesus, because I relate to almost everyone. Right. Like me and me and my my wife are reading through uh, the Old Testament right now. And there's this king and uh, can't remember his name right now. But, you know, he started out and he was just worshiping all these idols. And uh, you're reading it. You're like, oh, man, this dude just dropped the ball, you know, setting up idols in the temple, setting up idols and all these things. And then uh, towards the end, you know, he he realizes that, oh, wow, I had set up all these idols and, you know, he wants to destroy these idols and God had mercy on him was kind, you know, was good to him, you know? So while I was reading it, I was like, man, it reminds me of almost everyone in, in the world kind of, you know, like for me, before I knew Jesus, like my whole temple was, was surrounded by idols, you know? And when I realized uh, that I was in need of, of God, I, you know, came to God and, and he pointed out, Hey, this is an idol. These are things, these are the things that are actually, uh, pulling you away from, you know, who I've called you to be. And, and he, because Jesus is my favorite person, in the character and in the Bible, he came in and, and showed me, uh, what truth was and, and led me to destroy the idols in, in the temple, you know? So yeah. that's my, I just uh, want I you to know that was God ordained because we were just talking about idols before the show. Sure was. Come so. on. That, that, was, sure was. that was definitely confirmation. We were just talking about mo modern day idols. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Oh, awesome. we all got them. Amen. 
Sammy, what you got, Sammy? Not skipping away from this. I know, you know, I I I love so many characters in the Bible, and I really I love the Old Testament. Oh my goodness, I love the Old Testament, and I do love Prophet Samuel so much. But um, I also like Queen Esther a lot. But I I'm stuck in between those two, Samuel and Esther. I love both because the sincerity of their heart, um, while they had to go through hardships, the way they would answer God. Um, and also just like, I'm always looking at how people respond to God in the Bible. Because um, when I was younger, I used to always be fiery, like, you know, God, I don't like this and I don't like that. Then I learned there's a level of reverence that you lack for God. Um, there's a level of taking God for granted you're not mature enough in. So I love Prophet Samuel for that, how he just kept going. He would be disrespected, but he would still say what well, thus said the Lord and the way he answered God, here I am. The way he answered him, but also Queen Esther in her hardship, how she responded to the king and said, if it be pleasing to you, may I speak? If it be pleasing to you, may I ask this? If it be pleasing to you, may I proceed with this? So... Those are my two. <laughs> Mine, I kind of like how I relate a lot to Joseph. How, Old Testament Joseph. I'm, <laughs> like y'all, I love, I love the Old Testament. However, and I'm right now I'm reading through the Bible again, and I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm trying to get through Leviticus and Numbers. Like, bruh, come on, y'all. Yeah, I used to always try to skip through them. <laughs> just put them together and skip them. <laughs> but. If I was to say who was my favorite character in the Bible, I would actually have to say Paul. It's something about the audacity and the tenacity of Paul. And the fact that I think it takes a, even a lot more courage to be able to preach behind Jesus and behind once you actually know firsthand what they were doing to to the followers of the way, how they say, those that were following the way. And so uh, of the, the new Christians. And so knowing how they were being crucified, knowing exactly how they was cutting them in half and all just different things. Right. But my biggest thing, what makes me, what makes Paul my favorite character was that our biblical character is that I hate saying character because it sounds like they're make believe. But once the sons of, of once the disciples or some disciples that went out, some men went out and thought that they could just go in and do deliverance. And the sons of uh, the sons of uh, Sceva, right? And they looked at him. They said, "Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you?" And it's just something about that to where I've always been one to wanted them to say, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, Tish, I know. And so it's something about that you're the that the way that you wage war on hell, the way that you went up against the the kingdom of hell that the, against the principalities and the rulers and stuff was at the level to where the demons were even were able to say, Jesus, I know Paul, I know. And so that's kind of why I would say Paul is kind of one of my favorites. Next question. 
Who is one person in your life who doesn't understand your faith, but you desperately wish they would? I would say my brother. I would definitely say my brother. Um, I, I have three people that I, I truly wish, but no one more than him. And I feel like once you actually understand my faith, once you actually understand the God I serve and, and know him and have that relationship with him for, for yourself, you know, like once once I, I think of my faith, I think of the, so like saying, man, if you just got to know Simi, you will actually love her. Like you just know, her, you heard her name before, but if you actually really got to know Simi, and that's how I feel about God sometimes, if you just actually really got to know him, then, you know, I'm not saying that things are going to stop coming, that, that trials and tribulations are going to stop coming. Cause, but if you got to know him, and so my person would be my brother. I yeah, still, I still say skip. You're skipping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, Curtis? I would say my mom, probably my mom, because my mom just doesn't really. Uh, although when I was a kid, she's she like brought me to church and I got confirmed when I was in like eighth grade, you know. But my mom kind of is um, is like you know I've got my own uh, got my own faith, you know. I pray my own type of way. You know, so she doesn't, um, she has a lot of weight on her shoulders, I feel like, because she doesn't really have someone to run to. You know, she tries to remember what grandma would say or what granddad would say or all these things where uh, uh, I would love for her to to be able to look through scriptures and see what Jesus would say or what the Bible would say, you know. So, and I think that would really help her and my family in general a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Amen. What about you, Simi? I would have to say that my biological father, he um he he didn't really that side of the family is a little bit different. I would just say I can't really go into it legally. <laughs> um I will say that at one point the family began to get saved and see different things. And then um, God really elevated the family and did a lot of healing. But my father and my father was studying and um, um, reading the word. And then I don't know what happened. He became so angry and he also start dabbling to other things. And now he just, even every time you, if you say the name Jesus, he gets angry Mm -hmm. to the point that, you know, I had to tell him, I said, you may be my father, but that's my real father. And if you come against him, you come against me and I have to let you go because I'm going to choose him every time. And uh, I would have to say my biological father. Can Can you read the question again? What does the question say? Who is one person in your life who doesn't understand your faith, but you desperately wish would? My children. That's a good answer. And I I really hope that they could. I've never tried to be that pastor to make PK or to make any church trauma. I've always made it as a choice 
um, because I felt like when you have a choice to choose somebody instead of being forced to it, that yeah. when you choose, it'll be for real because you actually made the choice. So I just pray that my children could walk in their own journey with God and know that God for real. I, I like that. I like that. I like that. Okay. Last question. Then we have a, then we have a Bible question. How much control do you think God has over things that happen and why? Mm. Come on, Curtis or Pastor Jay. <laughs> I mean, I think God lets a lot of things happen and he is able to use just anything, right? So, and I think, you know, I hear a lot of people say like everything happens for a reason. Um, but sometimes I also see the reason is because of our own mistakes and our own decisions and our own sinful desires and these types of things. So, um, uh, I think he's given us control to make our own decisions. And then there's certain times when he's just like, you know, he could just show up and have a miracle. He could just show up and, and do anything, uh, he wants to. Um, but I just think a lot of times he's letting us go through so we can learn. He's letting us go through these things, but he'll keep us safe. And, uh, I believe when we're, uh, walking closer to him, it's a lot easier to, uh, stumble upon, upon the blessings that he has for us, Yeah, you know? Um, and when we're walking far from him, we're missing out on a lot of blessings and there might be another route he needs to take us down in order for us to, um, uh, to learn in order to come closer to him, you know, and then once you get there, it's like, okay, well, like where I'm at right now, I wouldn't go back and change what's happened because I am who I am now. Mm. Um, but going forward, do I want to keep going down a bunch of paths that are going to take me down a long road where I have to learn in order, you know, to get back to where I am already kind of like right now where it all just comes down to being in accord with what God has for your life, you know? So, yeah, I think he has a lot of control. And at the same time, he's kind enough to uh, let us make our own decisions. I feel that um, God gives us the opportunity to be able to make the right decision, but he can always make your wrong decision um, to the benefit of the kingdom. And what I'm and I speak to all the kids that came out of wedlock, like they used to say back in the day, including myself. Um we wasn't supposed to be here, but God saw fit to still use us. Um, and that's powerful. So even though somebody said you shouldn't have been here, you you know, you wasn't planned. Well, God saw fit to still use you in that this non-plan, but you can't even say you wasn't planned because God knew you in the womb. So it's just he can use a situation that you thought you were in control of for the better betterment of the kingdom so that you could really see God for real. Because sometimes we go into our own selfish desires, like Curtis was saying, and we go out into the world like the prodigal son and really see the world ain't, the world ain't sweet when you out there by yourself without no covering. And you really start appreciating God and you, you start realizing who God is and what he covered you from what he really instilled in you and just like the prodigal son you start thinking i could live better than this and mm -hmm. then i was when i was you know out there in the world simmy 
Yeah, you know, I think um, God has control of everything. I think that God um, allows us to, to make um, some mistakes. I also think that um, I just think that God is so all, all powerful, but he's a gentleman. He allows us to make um, some bad decisions and he's God because he knows what he put in us. And he knows that, you know, I know what I put in them. He's just so he has so much. He has faith in us because he know he created us. He knows every he knows every hair. Every hair is numbered. He knows us better than we know ourselves. I love the fact that he knows what we're thinking when we don't even speak it. And what I love about him is that there's no there's no coincidences in Christ because he already know. But what I love is that he has faith in us. I know what I put in you. Um, the things that happened, they had to come through me because I am the OG. Nothing goes through this realm. I don't care if the enemy is the prince of the air. He's the prince of this. That matters. Everything that happens goes through me. I say when, how, and if it's okay. And even in that, he knows that what I put in them, I believe I sent my son to die on the cross and I believe my children will return to their first love. It makes you just love them so much more, <laughs> you know, but I know God is an OG, everything. He's in control of all things. And I remember that if I start to stress, I'm like, God's got it. I think... I think that God does have control over everything. However, as y'all was saying, I do believe that he does allow us to make certain decisions. And so I think it's the permissive will is some things that he he permits that he does allow. And then there's other things that are in his perfect will. And so once I think of this question, I think of the story where with the donkey right and the prophet was on his way and but at first he asked God about it and God was just like no and family it was like okay he got the yes to go he got the okay to go and then as he goes and God's like no like and so it's kind of like okay I'm gonna let you go go ahead and go anyway or whatever, but because if the donkey hadn't stopped and started talking to him, he would have killed him in, in route. But God said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and let you go anyway, but you're going to go and you're only going to say what I told you to say. So each time that he opened up his mouth, he ended up blessing Israel versus cursing them. And so I think sometimes he allows us to be in a, a certain situation, though it's not his perfect will, he permits it to happen. He wills it to happen, and, but he still turns around Romans 8 and 28 and make the thing work for the good. And so sometimes we can't see, see it once we're in that certain, once we're in certain situations, like, like you're waiting on something and you, you're waiting on a job opportunity, or you waiting on some finances to come or whatever, and it's not coming, you're doing everything, but then it opens up right at the opportune time. And so I think something's just like, okay, I, I'm blocking this door. I'm standing at this door and keeping this door from opening because I know later down the road that it's going to be a certain time that I'm using finances right now. It's going to be a certain time in which you're going to need this finances to come through and that door is going to open right then and there. But if I give it to you now, 
just like with our kids, if I give you the credit card now, or if I give you the funds now, by the time that opportune time come, then you won't even have it to spend. And so I think some things he he blocks for us to keep us in safety or whatever, just like with our own kids. You know, we it's some things that we do not allow them to do or so it, to protect them. So I do believe he have control to protect us as well. But some things we I allow my kids to do just because I, I want them to, hey, some, some things you just need to find out. Some Sometimes you need to, to realize that your way is not going to work. And so I believe that's how the permissive will and the perfect will kind of goes hand to hand. So I look at it how we do our own children. It's some things that we allow them to do and sometimes some things that, that we shield them from, we protect them from. But it's other things that we allow um, that we know that, hey, they're going to turn around and they're going to have to come back to me and ask for help. And they're going to be able to see the covering and the protection that I give to them as a parent. So I think of it as how our children raising our kids, especially with teenage children or whatever, like it's that perfect and, and perfect will and his permissive will. So last question. It's an easy one. What does it mean to repent? to uh, ask for forgiveness of your sins and to turn from your sins and and no longer uh, walk in that sin anymore. What he said. I know, right? I concur. <laughs> I concur. It says to, the card says, to be sorry for sin, to hate it and to leave it because God hates it hates it too and they use scriptures jeremiah 31 18 and 19 and second corinthians 7 11 to expound i would say um to repent means to to turn the actual greek word or whatever means to turn and so we have to turn from our um the things that we do we have to actually shift and so a lot of times we say oh oh god i'm sorry for something but it's just like if i sit up there and say say you know, hey, God, I'm, so, I'm sorry for cheating cheating on my husband, but I continue to do it. I hadn't truly repented. Only thing I had did was now was manipulated the situation by just kept by saying I'm sorry. So um, and I feel like even in Christianity, sometimes we have to realize a uh, an apology without a a change in action is nothing but manipulation and i believe a lot of christians we end up doing that we say that oh i repented but we continue to do the thing over and over again and that's not true repentance so repentance requires a change it requires us to turn and go in the opposite direction in which we're going amen. that's it amen i agree with what she said <laughs> so my question move, moving along from the game we're going to go ahead and we're going to learn more about mr curtis copy and the first thing we're, i want to ask you going going straight into the interview is where is your hometown and where do you reside now so you guys might not know this but my hometown is las vegas nevada what, what? yeah, yeah. Okay. Born and raised, first 17 years. Okay. Uh, what high school you go to? El Dorado High School. El Dorado. El Dorado. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't uh, know what you talking about. <laughs> Lake, Lake Mead and Mount Hood. Oh, That's yeah. My, my he was area. over there oh. by um, Sunrise. 
Yeah, over by Cary. Cary. Oh, uh, so like Mount Hood and Cary. Oh, Mount Hood and Cary. Okay, uh, I got you. I was in a. I grew up in a little trailer park over there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Down in a about a mile and a half from the, the Air Force Base. Okay. okay. Yep, it was uh interesting, uh, but you know I uh, made it through. Mm-hmm. Uh, my lost my dad when I was four to alcohol. So uh, my mom never remarried, so I didn't really know much, you know, didn't really, the the thought like having a dad was never like a thing for me. So it was really just usually me, my mom, my brother. But yeah, El Dorado High School left right before my senior year because my mom wanted to go to college. And uh, yeah, we went to Oregon. Uh, that was very interesting. Was a big change, a- yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, big town to a small town. Right, um, already a little bit, a uh, little bit funny. So, uh, and I wasn't saved. Uh, I mean, I got confirmed when I was in eighth grade from a Lutheran church. Mm-hmm. But I remember being like, like thinking, like I can't believe they passed me. Like I didn't, I didn't, uh, <laughs> I didn't memorize one of those scriptures. Like I made it, you know. Uh, didn't really understand much, uh, but. Yeah, I went to LeGrand. That was a little bit of a crazy spot. Uh, tried to come back to Vegas, work in the nightclub industry for a while. Uh, realized how horrible Vegas is on another level. Uh, and uh, pretty much got out of there and went back up to, ended up going to Washington, staying with my grandma. Uh, ended up taking care of my grandma for a while um until she passed away in 2015 um around that time is when i started uh searching for like um truth searching for hope i was a pretty pretty uh messed up dude i guess you know had a lot of anxiety and uh just loneliness very introverted um kind of like an introvert extrovert where like Deep down, I'm like, ah, I just want to be at home. Uh, but everything I want to do in life is like an extroverted activity, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I pretty much started. Uh, I was playing. I played video games, so I ran track and field in Las Vegas. That was like one huge thing for me. And like by the time I was 11, I was a uh, like a 15 time All American. I was really good at track. Then I had uh, knee issues uh, and I went from being ranked second in the nation in my events to uh, rank 80th in one year. Right. Wow. So I had like this, I call it like a midlife crisis when I was 11 years old, you know, cause I'm, I'm like, I'm going to the Olympics. That's what I'm doing. This is my identity. And uh, suddenly I'm like, Oh, well, suddenly my friends are almost as fast as me, you know, cause I just started growing. Um, and then I met this dude and introduced, introduced me to uh, video games and video games gave me like this, like a similar feeling as when I was playing, uh, was when I was running and, uh, I ended up playing this game for like, well, this two games total for like 12 years and, uh, almost wait, like, Curtis, a con- wait, Curtis, hold on. Curtis, you didn't say 45 minutes. You didn't stay an hour. You said for 12 years 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 
Okay. Like let's say that for the people in the back. Like religiously. Like <laughs> that was my like I let, you know, I didn't do my homework. I barely graduated high school. I don't know how I graduated high school. Um, but yeah, I played this game for 12 years. Um my family was like, you need to stop this. This is not for you. This is, you know, track and field is your thing, you know, like like track for my family was like religion, basically. And I was like, I apostatized, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm done. I'm playing video games and I'm tired of this whole track thing, you know? So I was the black sheep of my family. Um, so by the time I'm up taking care of my grandma, I'm still playing this game. Um, and I just have this moment of, um, I need to find some sort of purpose in my life, you know? And, um, I start searching for, for truth, you know, and as I'm searching for truth, I'm looking into like new age type stuff, like, uh, aligning my chakras and you name it. Cause I don't have any foundation of, uh, of God in my life necessarily, other than when I was in eighth grade and I didn't even pay attention, you know? Um, and uh, so I'm like studying all these things. Something felt a little off about it, but it was kind of cool at the same time. I don't know. And uh, yeah. then uh, in the midst of searching for this, I was driving home from work one day and I had like this, uh, like a low point and a high point kind of at the same time. And uh, as I was driving home, I felt this feeling of like, because my brother rapped and I didn't want to rap. Um, because I just wanted to play video games and, and I don't know. Anyway, so I was driving home and I felt like this feeling of, uh, hey, maybe your brother would have made it in music if, you know, if you did something or, hey, maybe your mom wouldn't be so filled with anxiety and fear, you know, if you weren't uh, around. And uh, I had this feeling, I looked at like a tree, said, maybe if you were gone, all your family's problems would be solved yeah. and uh in that moment you know i was just thinking it'd be super easy and uh i felt um a voice from god at that moment that was basically saying hey you're not uh the piece of the puzzle that had no place um <sighs> you know you're not the gear that that was was had no place in the machine in reality you are the missing piece and you stopped showing up. Wow. Um, and uh, so it's like, if you're gone, you know, it's not going to fix the puzzle. It's going to leave a, a hole in the puzzle, you know? Wow. And um, I felt in that moment to go home and start making music. Um, so that day I went home. My brother, I had made a couple songs over the years with my brother. Um, and... Um, he said I was good, right? And the songs were pretty good. So two years prior, he had bought me uh, recording equipment. Um, but I just never set it up. It was just in my my closet. So that day I went home and I didn't play video games and I set up my recording equipment. And um, I started making this music. Um, so for a while, I was just very focused in on music. After a while, um, video games kind of came crawled back in. But I'm also like searching for um, for hope, searching for 
you know, I'm pretty deep into like meditation. I'm listening to meditational uh, guidance and stuff like that. And uh, I met a buddy. I was trying to go to college. Um, college never worked for me. Uh, but um, he came over and I was like, dude, we were going to make a song. I said, do you want to uh, meditate before we make the song? And um, he said, well, what are we going to meditate about? So I don't know the universe get in touch, you know, get your chakras in alignment. And he was like, Hey man, if we're meditating on anything, it, it's gotta be Jesus or I don't really want to have nothing to do with it. Cause that's witchcraft. And I'm like, Oh, excuse me. You know, I'm like, I'm trying to better myself, trying <laughs> to find inner peace. And you're just raining on my parade, you know? <laughs> and my, my thought when it came to Jesus was like, ah, couldn't be Jesus. That's old news kind of, you know? Like he'd been around, he'd been here and ain't nothing like super cool about Jesus, you know? Um, but I called my friend, uh, he was kind of a bit of a, a, a backsliding Christian. So like we were, we were smoking and everything all the time and together. And, but this was the first time he spoke about Jesus to me. Um, so we're smoking and he says, Hey man, you want to read the Bible? And I'm like, <laughs> the Bible. Huh. Right. And like, I never been a book reader my whole life. I read in, in like elementary school, I read Upchuck and the Rotten Willie. I was like a, some book about a dog and a Rottweiler. I mean, a cat and a Rottweiler that became friends. But uh, so he pulls out the biggest book I ever seen in my life. You know, it's gigantic. And I'm like, oh, we're going to read this. I'm like this. Sure, man. I guess. <laughs> You know, like, like, where do you even start? You know, like, but uh, he was uh, really trying to blow your high. Yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, so he opens it, and uh, I just remember seeing highlights all over the page, and I'm like, man, what is so special about this book that not only is this the biggest book I ever saw. But there's literally highlights all over the page, you know, and um, he started reading it. And I remember as he was reading it, I could feel it was like, you know, I was already stoned at the time, but I could feel something pulling me higher. You know, yeah. it was like the, the 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 first time other than what I remember when I was driving home, I felt the touch of the Holy Spirit. But in that moment, I was feeling the Holy Spirit in that moment where it was like I was high, but I was feeling something yeah. higher and I was feeling something more pure. Yeah. Um, I know exactly. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And, um, I've, so I've came out of praise and worship and just felt like high, like higher than in any other blunt I've ever smoked before in my life. Like I, and I can't explain it to people and be like, I, I feel it's like a different type of high, but I feel a high and they're like, huh? I'm like, never mind, forget it. it. Just, <laughs> it just like I had a lot more energy almost and a lot more like, you know, because because smoking, you know, you get to a place and you're kind of like, yeah, man, you know, but I was just like, it was almost like my my high from there was gone and I was just filled with uh, the presence of God. A different type, yeah. And um, so after that, he brought the Bible to my house this time and he said, you want to read the Bible? And I said, yeah, man, let's read the Bible. You know, so we read the Bible again. Um, he ended up asking me if I'd ever given my life to Jesus. And I said, well, I got baptized when I was a baby. Um, is that what that means? Because I didn't know what it meant to give your life to Jesus. 
And um, uh, he's like, no, it's not that. You know, you you asked God into your heart. You know, you repent of your sins. And I was like, ah, no, I've never done that. Uh, so that night in my bed, I just repented and I asked God in my heart. Um, so after that, you know, life kind of goes on a little bit normal. Um, but he left his Bible there. And I was going to bed and I had really bad anxiety. I could never sleep at night, almost ever. A lot of fear inside of me. And um, I was going to bed and I felt like the Bible was like calling me to tell me to read it. I was like, hey, read it. And um, first night I said, nope, not going to do it. Reading is boring. Uh, second night, felt it again. So I was like, okay, I'm going to read it. So grabbed the Bible. I don't know how to read the Bible. So I just started at the beginning, page one. That's how books work, you know. So um, I read it. And by the time I got to like page four or something like that, uh, I started feeling sleepy. So I was like, oh, man, I'm kind of sleepy. So I went to sleep and I woke up and I was like, man, that's the best sleep I've had in years. Uh, so the next night I read again. I read again, I read again, read again. So now I'm just reading the Bible every night to help me get to sleep. Uh, stories are kind of interesting, but at the same time, I'm like looking for Jesus, which now I know Jesus is all through the Bible, but I'm like, all right. Just do that. <laughs> Where's he at? You know, I know that he's like a thousand pages in, you know, but, um, uh, and then my boss at the time, randomly without knowing, uh, asked me if I wanted to go to church. So you want to go to church on Sunday, which right now I think about it. I feel like he was seeing if I would work Sundays, but little did he know I'm going through this whole transition of, you know, I just gave my life to Jesus. Um, and, uh, I go to church. I'm like, yes, sir. I want to go to church. I go to church. My pastor, uh, was like, Hey, I challenge you guys to come to church every week this month, which I never heard him say that again after that. But I was like, challenge accepted. And in that month, I got plugged into a young adults group. Um, they taught me how to read the Bible. Because uh, they were like, you know, go to John 27, you know, John 16, 27 or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. And I feel like at that point, they're like, oh, we got a, we really got a newbie here, you know. <laughs> so they taught me how to, uh, to read the Bible. And um, I go home and I started in the book of Matthew. And um, I came to this point in Finally my found life. found Jesus, huh? Yeah, yeah, there he is. <laughs> like, dude, I've been looking for you yeah. the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, and when the pastor started talking about Jesus, I'm like, hey, he's talking about Jesus. You know? Uh, <laughs> Why he not in my Bible? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, is there another version? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a long book. <laughs> uh, so I'm sitting there at this point. You know, I've been making music and all this type of stuff. And I'm asking God, I'm like, okay, God, I'm a Christian. I've given my life to you. I'm a Christian. I don't know what this means. You know, I just know that I'm a Christian. I believe that you're my savior. Uh, I want to walk with you. And I want to do it in the way that is honorable to you, you know, how you would want for me. And um, so I'm praying and my buddy randomly sends me a song. Um, and when I turned the song on, which I don't even think that this was like a 
Christian song, but it definitely felt like it had Christian morals or something in it. But when it started speaking, I felt like every word was speaking to me. And um, what I was asking God was like, okay, I'm a Christian. Can I still smoke pot? It comes from the ground, right? This is from you. It must be, it must be good. Uh, can I still party on the weekends with my friends? Because I feel like life is going to be pretty boring if I can't go do the things that I've always found peace in. You know, I've always enjoyed myself, you know, and um, the song starts playing and the words were pick it up, pick it all up and start over again. You've got a second chance. You could go home, escape it all. It's just irrelevant. You have a warm heart and a beautiful brain, but it's disintegrating from the medicine. And um, I heard the words meta, the words sin in medicine at that time. And I felt like what God was telling me in that moment was everything that you're holding before me right now are the things in your life that you have gone to to find peace. You've gone to these places to fill the hole in your heart. You've gone to these places because that's what you've known to help you in your hard times. And he's like, and I don't even blame you for that. You didn't know anything different. You know, you didn't know anything different. This is what it was for you. But when you come to me, I actually am what fills that hole in your heart. I actually am what will, will take and, and, and that, that hole that you're constantly trying to fill, I'll fill it. Um, and all those things that you've actually been using in reality have been destroying your life. Uh, and then it's like he was showing me how these things were in in the background were destroying my relationships, destroying these types of things. And if I would be willing to set them down for a moment, that he would fill my heart and I would no longer want these things because I would no longer need them. And uh, I like sat there. I hadn't cried in years. and I just bawled, just bawled uh, this feeling of like a whole new life and uh so, yeah, that was the moment I felt like really like God like really revealed himself to me and his heart for my life and stuff like that. And, and with music, it was like, uh, oh, the other part of the song said, you can still be what you want to, what you said you were when I met you. Uh, and when I heard that, it was like, hey, I'm not telling you stop making music. I'm just telling you do it a little differently. Change you know? the message. Yeah, wow. change the message, change, you know. Um, and yeah, after that, I just, I woke up the next day. I didn't, I was like, is that even real? You know, did everything that happened, was that like real life? I don't, I don't know, you know? Um, and my day, I went to work normally. And after I get off work, I go home and on my way home, I stop at my best friend's house and we rolled a blunt and we smoked a blunt. That was what we did. So as I'm driving home, I'm like, well, this is what I do. What am I, what else am I going to do? You know, but I felt something in me. It's like, ah, this is probably not what you should do, but I didn't know what else to do. So I went to the, to his house, sitting there, roll the blunt. And I'm like, I don't know. Should I smoke this? I don't think I should. And I'm like, whatever, this is what I do. So I take a hit. And that was the first time that I felt the conviction of God just hit me. Wow. Right. And he was like, See, see, now let me just show you what's actually going on here at this house. You know, all these people 
are completely okay with going to work every day, coming home, smoking pot, playing video games and watching sports, and they're going to do it for the rest of their life with no other purpose because they don't truly have any other purpose in life. My purpose for you is much bigger. Um, the music that they're listening to in reality is inspired by, uh, you know, demonic type things. The music they're listening to is inspired, is demonically inspired. What's he listening backstage? He was listening backstage. He yeah. had to because he had to. confirmation. We are, this is our family. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, he's he's, family. and, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and, it, God was also saying, when you smoke this, you're also opening your mind up to be more susceptible to these types of things that you're um, mm-hmm. coming and encountering with. So after that, I stopped smoking and I would be at the house, but I'm like, okay, I'm just here. This is what I do. I'd be at the house and I would talk to them about God and about Jesus. And they got to the point, they were like, bro, you're not smoking with us anymore. You're not pitching in any, uh, any, any bud. And you keep talking about God and we're kind of over it. And they pretty much kicked me out of their group. Um, And then I was kind of alone, just kept on making music, though, played video games. So I get some new friends. I'm almost I know I'm I'm like wrapping up through my. uh, You're good. You're fine. So I'm at home, you know, I'm playing video games. I'm making music. I'm uh, sober, getting a couple friends from church. um, And. I was, where do I go from? Okay, so I'm playing these games, and I had played for 12 years, and as I'm playing this game, I finally get to uh, I get to rank number one on the North American ladder playing this game. Wow. And I felt like God just let me do it, right? Uh, and I got there, and I remember getting to the top of this ladder, and it was a, an overwhelming unfulfilling feeling where it was like okay i'm number one what next you know like do i try to be number one in the world do i like i was expecting some sort of god moment but it was empty and um so that day i'm in a parking lot with my buddy praying and i felt like god spoke to me and said uh, the plans I have for you are so much bigger than these games. Um, and in order for me to take you to where I want to take you, um, these two things are not cannot exist in your life because this game is an idol. It's an idol. You know, it's uh, been sitting there. You've worshipped it for years and years. And um, in order for me to take you where I'm going to take you, you have to go home and uninstall the game and never play it again. And uh, so at rank number one on the game, I got in my car, went home, uninstalled it, and never played the game ever again. And just started going after God, going after music, going after all these things. And uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey. And, uh, you know, course i'm human like everyone else you know i just have a a holy spirit helping me through my moments and and uh from there oh so so this is the first question you asked so from there i was touring and i came through nampa idaho uh i was traveling with a guy named brian trejo and i came through nampa 
and I met a guy here who um, I was really broke in life, you know, I'm not broken, but poor, you know, because I'm a full time artist just trying to do what I'm doing. And uh, Brian was saying, uh, dude, you need to release more music, you know, release as much as you can put it out, put it out. I was like, I could if I I would if I could. And this guy, Adam here, um, messages me later. And he's like, what's keeping you from releasing music? I said, uh, money costs a lot of money to release music, to create and release music is super expensive. And I don't have this excess of finances. So um, he found my PayPal and blessed me with $2,000. Wow. And uh, yeah, and I uh, used that mm-hmm. to finish my album and get some merchandise. Um, and then after that, he wanted to start a record label. Basically, he was like, hey, I've always wanted to start a faith based record label where I could help artists like yourself to finish, you know. And uh, so we teamed up and started uh, OVA, which is One Vision Army. Um, Love it. And um, uh, so for a while, I was for about a year, I was in Washington and he was in Boise, Idaho. And uh, after a year, I decided to move down. And I moved to Boise and I've been here since 2018. And, uh, wow. that's what I do. I just, I love it. I love it. So I got to ask, this is my last, my, my last question. I'll let the ladies take over from here. What is your, cause I told you in the beginning of the show, what my favorite song is from, from, uh, from your repertoire is what was the motivation between underdog? Cause that's like my anthem. Cause I, I've always been, Either somebody always prayed on my downfall, always said that I wasn't going to do something. So I always felt like I was the underdog in life. So what was your motivation behind that song? I feel like my whole life, it's pretty much been, it's kind of been that, you know, where like sometimes people look at me and they think that I have, like even in Boise, right? Like I have the most uh, known name in the area, right? But that doesn't mean that I'm like, on this next level type thing too, you know? So it's like my whole life, it's been this feeling of like, oh, he's, uh, he's okay. He's got it or whatever. So they kind of overlook me a lot. Right. I've always felt very overlooked in high school. I was bullied pretty bad. Uh, my freshman year was the roughest year of my life. And it was just like, um, always been kind of counted out, you know? Um, I release music, feel like it's really good. Sometimes I feel like people are like, we don't see you, you know, you feel very unseen, very, um, um, not like people don't want to band with what you're doing. Right. Even though it's like, you have a, a, a vision, you have uh talent you have all these things. Um, so, so with underdogs, it was kind of like, Hey, I might not have everybody who I want to believe in me. I don't have the the big names telling me, dude, you're up next. I don't have these types of things. But I know when God spoke to me that he told me this is what he want me to do. Right. And um, so I had to learn over the years that it's not the big features. It's not the big names it's not these types of things that are going to put you on it's going to be god that's going to put you put you there right it's going to be god who puts you in those positions so 
It's like before everyone else can fully believe in you and see, you know, that that in the end you're going to win, you have to believe that God's on your side. Yeah. And you have to believe that he is going to be there and and help you through these moments, you know. And fighting like constantly in music, it's these feelings of like, man, is it, it should I just quit? Am I doing the wrong thing? It's all these types of things that try and stop you in your tracks. But God's got you. The, what I tell people is because people will say, hey, what should I do? You know, felt like God told me I should do music a while ago and I've got six guitars, but I don't know if it's what I'm supposed to do, but I don't have any other words. So so my word is like what is the last thing you remember God telling you to do? Keep doing that until he tells you something different. Yeah, that's good. I have, um, first I have a comment. <laughs> the first comment is that I, tonight you gave me something to think about, to go and ask God, where are my idols in my life? We was talking about it earlier before we had went on air and so that's one of the things just like, God, where, where are my idols? What are the things that I'm placing before you? What are the things that I'm turning to before I turn to you? So I, I really want to see God, where, where are my idols? What is it that I need to rid myself of? What have I, I've made my God in, you know, unknowingly, but my question to you kind of goes on to Pastor Jay's thing with underdog, and I, you, you have a powerful transition, transformation story. In your process of your transformation, how did you handle those years to where you felt like, I don't quite belong with my friends anymore? At the same time, you're still walking into this newness of, of falling in love with, with God and, and I'm going to say church folks mm -hmm. or whatever. And so you're in that, that's that place to where I don't feel like I quite belong where I, where I came from. And I don't quite feel like I belong going where I need, where I'm heading just yet. What would you say to the person that's watching right now? that feel like they are truly the underdog and they feel like, I don't feel like I belong in any group. I don't feel like I, I belong with my old friends and I'm trying to make friends in a new group that don't understand me and don't understand my walk or, or my, or nor my transition. What would you say I, to that person? I think that when you feel like that, that you got to realize that there's a million other people who feel exactly like that. Right. So, so you can't do things for people in general. Right. So I never really dealt with a lot of church hurt other than, Oh, they don't really get it. Right. But that was okay because I didn't really do it for them in the first place. Right. I was like, I'm here to learn about Jesus. You know, like I got other things going on. You know, I'm kind of like, I've always been someone I'm very hyper-focused when I ran track, hyper-focused when I played video games, hyper-focused when I found God, hyper-focused. Right. So I didn't let people hurt me as much as, you know, because I didn't find my value in people, right? So when I found God, I'm like, oh, there's my value, you know? 
which doesn't mean that people still do. I still wish that my favorite rapper was to say this right here is the next coming artist, of course, you know, but I can't find my value in that, you know, and when you're going after something that you feel like God told you to do, you got to realize that he gave you the word. He gave you the vision. He gave you the um, the the push to go towards that. And other people didn't hear it the same way you heard it. Right. So nobody there may be no one paying attention, not a single person, but. You have to be able to do it for nobody before you can do it for, you know, 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people, you know. You have to just do it because that's what you've been called to do. For me, it was like there's nothing else. There's nothing else to do, you know. And like I said, in high school, I was outcasted. And when I moved to from Las Vegas to La Grande, by the end of my first month, my the whole senior class had outcasted me. You know, like literally not one friend. I had to go to the skate park and make skate park friends. So I also have a, a heart for the lost because I know that the lost, uh, the people sometimes that are the most lost have the biggest hearts and really care about people. You know, they just fill their hearts with what they know to fill their hearts with, you know, partying, drinking, all these types of things, you know. So um, I guess for me, it's like just... Just do what you what you love to do and then put it in God's hands, you know, because it's the same thing with like how. So how I found my wife, uh, God showed me. He was like, hey, man, you want to make music for the Lord. You're going to be broke for a long time. That's what I felt. You have no business finding a wife right now. What you need to do is focus in on what I've told you to do. Make music, uh, go to church, build a community of people who who love me and, you know, support the music and all these types of things. And when the time comes, I'll give you your wife. Right. Because if you try to find your wife now. Right. Likely something's going to change. Because suddenly your focus is going to be on your wife and it's going to be on your your music right now i need you to focus fully on the music fully on god fully on this and when you can afford a wife i'll probably give you one you know um so i think the thing that helped me the most through it was really just Going after God with all my heart, going after what I love with all my heart and being okay if I never found a wife, if I didn't have any friends, if nobody supported what I was doing. Um, and then what you'll see is that people will start popping up. God will just send people, you know. Uh, I met my wife four years before we got married um, and I was doing a concert at a bar ministering the gospel. And my wife was not saved at the time. She had uh, gone through, um, I think like five months earlier than that, she had gone through a, a baby that was born at five months and the baby had passed away. So she was in one of the lowest moments of her life. Um, and she was at this bar and I was singing a song called Treasures in Heaven. And um, 
for her, she heard, oh, that's where my baby is, you know? And she came to me and she said that the music was very powerful to her. It was very, um, she needed it at the moment. And I got to tell her about Jesus. I got to tell her about God. Nothing in my heart was like, oh, I'm going after this girl. Because I'm like, first off, I'm at a bar. I have no reason at all to be trying to uh, talk to any of these girls in any other way than tell them how to find hope. So I told her about where hope was. She ends up getting herself plugged into a church uh and getting a hold of me saying hey i gave my life to jesus i'm getting baptized so i came to her baptism um uh we were friends for a little bit she was still uh smoking pot and i was like hey you can't be smoking pot <laughs> one of her one of her friends uh tried to smoke pot with one of my friends which my friend always was backsliding kind of in that area and i was like hey no you're not going to do that like you like just you know just because you know anyway so she for a while was like this guy's religious this guy you know thank you for leading me to jesus but you're not going to sit here and try and tell me how to live my life uh but then over the years she realized that she was asking god for a man who loved god more than her so in reality, when I was willing, even though maybe I could have gone about it in a different type of way, maybe I was a little overzealous at that point in my life. I don't know. But God used it to tell her like, hey, this guy does love me more than you. And he did have a crush on you at that time and was willing to let you know that you were living in sin, you know, and, um, you know, so now we're married, about to have twins in six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, That's powerful. So thank powerful. you. Thank send, me, you. send me last question. I don't know that I even have a question. I've, to be honest with you, I've just in, enjoyed the interview so much to where I've been taking pieces from things that he said. And I was like, you know, just. I just think he has, you just have a wonderful, sweet spirit and you're very transparent. That's something else we were talking about actually when you were backstage. Um, I love how you said that you couldn't fit and you know, you were here and you were outcasted here. And just like Jesus was outcasted, I think about that scripture, we're in the world, but we're not of it. You know, we're in it, but we're not of it. And we really don't fit anywhere. It's like you were in this conversation we were having family and you weren't even, we didn't even know you yet. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I just want to tell you that just keep allowing God to, you know, use you. I think you're going to be amazing father, um, continue to be amazing husband. No, we're not perfect. There's none perfect, but one but um, I've really grasped a lot of nuggets and you've given me a lot of things to think about. Just wonderful things about the puzzle pieces and um, what you were, what it symbolized and just so many things. So thank you so much, Curtis. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. And one thing I wanted to say before we close is Mr. Curtis with your music. We talk so much about your underdog, but you have so much music. What is the next projects that you have coming out? Uh, I'm this whole year I'm, I've, so I'm like, I used to tour a lot 
Um, I lived for six years, full-time ministry, spending all my time on the road. Um, but right now I'm in this transition where I'm not just going to be a husband. I'm going to be a father. Um, so I wanted to make sure I could be a good father and a good husband. So I've like, um, lowered my booking. So I'm only doing one to two every month. Um, uh, so that I can be home as much as I can. And I just started writing a lot of music, a lot of music. So I have like 40 unreleased songs right now. And I'm, I'm releasing two songs a month. Um, and for me, which so they're all singles at some point maybe i'll put them together and make it an album but uh i'm just pouring into singles i want to release music so people can can you know hear hear a little bit of my heart hear a little bit of 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 everything one song at a time and um i'm in this season of um i just write kind of where i am in a moment where like my last song i just released is called you'll be there right and it's uh Based off Psalm 139, uh, if I ascend to the heavens, you will be there. And if I make my bed in the depths, you know, you'll be there. And um, uh, so sometimes I'll make a song that's just like this worship, scriptural type song. And then sometimes I'll be like, oh, man, I'm so happy to have my wife. And uh, so sometimes I'll write a song that's just honoring to my wife. Um, sometimes I'll write a song... Um, like so since i stopped touring um i've been driving uber on the weekends basically so you know which is a different transition to me because i'm not used to um working you know eight ten hours a day for pretty much my entire life so it's a whole thing so i also will write something like that down you know wrote a song about my wife because we were supposed to go to hawaii but it's just a little tough so wrote a song that was like hey maybe uh uh, someday we'll be able to go and on that awesome trip. But right now I need to be out here working. I need to be doing this. So like, just create. Yeah. That's like, another, another thing. <laughs> like, so I want to say this to you. You definitely hear from God. And I don't want you ever to let anyone make you think or second guess what you hear oh, and what you say. God has a certain way that he used you. And you have to be authentic in it. So continue to deliver words and say what you hear directly from God, no matter what is around you, because it's so many. It was so many conversations that had went on before you came in on on the back end to include a speaking about Hawaii, right? Mm -hmm. And so with so many things that you have spoke on, and me and Pastor Jay had a conversation. What was it last Thursday? Um, and and you touched on a lot, even on that conversation that me and Pastor Jay had had. And so I, I want you to continue to be authentically you and deliver the word of God the way that God has you to do it. Don't try to go in any, any other direction because in the way that you speak, it's getting to the people that he needs it to. And if you change up the way that God has you deliver, if you change up the way that he has you write, or you change up just just you how, how you just talk regular in conversation, that you're going to miss the people in which God has called you to. So continue to deliver the word and speak just as you hear it, because as you speak, the people are actually hearing it. It's, 
and your the way that you hear is so clear to almost as if you have a prophetic anointing upon upon your head or so because that is how clear that you actually speak and so I just want to commend you and I just want you never to let anyone make you doubt or second guess and you don't second guess whether or not you hear from God even once you once you're writing and how you write and once you write your songs never second guess that you actually hear directly from God so I just want to encourage you. you just keep 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 doing thank you definitely needed that it's you know, I'm, like I said, I'm writing a lot of music and it's like some songs is just going to be a straight worship song. And then other songs, I'm just kind of being transparent as to where my life is at a certain moment where, you know, some songs I know are going to be made directly for the church where, you know, you can listen to it. You're going to worship to it. And then some might be, you know, can lead because I talk to my Uber drivers and stuff can can even lead my Uber, my not drivers, writers, lead them to want to go listen to more of my music or stuff like that. And it's kind of like fishing and, uh, you know, and, and watering and, and all these types of things. So, but I get worried of course, because not every song is so, um, full blown, a worship song at the same time, you know? So I get worried that what I release, I'm going to get either attacked or, or something, you know, or, or it's not, it's like you said, like it's saying like, maybe it's not what God wants me to release or, or whatever. So I think that's a, a yeah. great word. Never, never doubt. He's, he speaks directly to and through you. And he does it in such a way to where a lot of time you are speaking. He's using you as his mouthpiece and you don't even realize it because to you, you're just talking and you're just saying what's on your heart or how you feel. Or even once it comes to your, to you writing, you're just writing and you're you're doing it in such a way to where it's, it comes so natural to you that you don't even realize that God is using you. But that's because of your relationship with God. We used to have, um, once me and Calhoun was in the military together, we had a, I'm not sure if he was there once, Sergeant Anderson and, and, and what we call special case, Sergeant Carrot was together. But there were, there were ones to where you can go and say, well, you know, Sergeant Anderson said that. And so, and Sergeant Carrot, he like, no, my battle didn't say that. He didn't say nothing like that. They knew each other so well that they knew exactly how. Uh, how the other ones uh, spoke to, they didn't even have to second guess or go back and confirm certain things. And so even with your speak, even with your writing, as you write in songs, it's some things you don't even have to go back and confirm because you hear so clearly through him that you don't even have to second guess that the song that you have written that he's given to you, whether it's not a worship sound song, whether it does not sound like anything, or even if it's just for just a song for your wife, it's, it's still people that need to hear that you don't know how many Christians are struggling in their marriage. They may need to need the song that you're writing for your wife to even be released to help restore and reunite that fire inside of their relationship. There's so many people that are, are working day to day that are struggling and they need your full blown transparency and how you give the word, how he gives it to you to do it. He's in a season right now to where he's calling people from out of the four walls of the church and he's using people in the marketplace. And so he's using people in the 
as Uber drivers, he's using people in the grocery stores, he's using people in the bank, he's using people in other realms to reach his people because he did not come for those that feel like they are that they are all together. He came for the ones that are sick. He he came for the brokenhearted. He came from those that are that feel weak and low. And so he used people such as yourself to be that transparent vessel that he needs. So do not change up what you're what how he gives it to you to say and do not second guess it you hear it even if it does not sound like a worship song even if it does not sound like like a typical song that you heard anybody else do you continue to deliver the word you you have to remember also and i'm gonna say this and i yield my mic pastor jay you have to remember also that every book in the bible does not even mention god it's some books in the bible that does not mention god at all Esther is one of them, right? And it never mentions God by name. And so some of your songs won't even mention God, but it's going to deliver the message that he needs to get across. I yield my mic. Man, thank you. Amen. I just say Prophetess Tish was freeing herself while she was speaking to you. So one thing I want to just say is um, it's about that time. <laughs> And um, one thing I wanted to just say from the behalf of Anointed Radio, I just thank you so much for, for even spending time with us, telling your testimony, which we believe so much about power in the testimony that you, by telling your authentic self, helped somebody that was watching tonight or that's going to watch um, due to the fact that you didn't have to preach. You didn't have to to tear people down for what they were doing. He was able to talk about you and to be authentic about what you went and experienced. And that is something that is very powerful that plants seeds that will go past our lifetime. Cause somebody will remember, I remember this one time I was watching Curtis and he said this and it really touched my life. So we definitely appreciate you for coming on and on now that you have came and you, you know, you're from Las Vegas. Man, I'm telling you, you might have to come out here and come back home right quick and, yeah. and do a show because it, it is something about Vegas that's bringing a lot of saints here to be able to make a change. Even people, you're not the first person to say, I, I had to come back to Vegas. Mm -hmm. And God has brought me back here on a mission. So I definitely, I'm excited to see what the future brings for you and just keep doing music and keep doing music that's all i really want to say because i like your music i'm just put that out there thank you and for me to say i like your music is a lot i <laughs> hear millions of people submit for anointed radio um and another thing put out there your music will be uh streamed on anointed radio after i always like meeting the person before putting their music on the platform it's just something for me that I, you gotta you know see the the fruit that they bear because some mm -hmm. people could be very talented, but be demonic. Uh, yeah. but we know that's a whole different story. So one thing is, um, just know that your music will be streamed on Anointed Radio. And you, everybody, if I haven't did it, because I haven't paid the bills yet, make sure you share, like, and subscribe to Anointed Radio on YouTube, Twitch. We're on Twitch and Twitter, and we're on Facebook, but you're only going to get reels because Facebook <laughs> is playing. And we're not on Facebook, no, but, but you can check us out on Roku. And... With that being said, let's go ahead and close this out. You can follow us on the podcast platform. We're on all podcast platforms. iHeartRadio, Pandora, uh, Tuner, 
any type of podcast platform but title. So we just subtracted title and we just added Roku and we're working on Fire uh Fire TV as well. So we're on all those different platforms. Follow us at Anointed Radio on all those platforms. Download the Anointed Radio app where you can hear 24-hour Christian hip hop, gospel, uh hill song, worship, anything that you're looking for, you can hear it 24/7. It's always going to have a song for you. The Anointed Radio app all day every day. Las Vegas's number one gospel station. And with that, I would just want to say to you tonight is continue to tell your story because you never, never know who's listening because you could be able to be that breakthrough that someone needs. And that's it. Good night, y'all. Bye, y'all. Good night, everybody. Thank you, Curtis. Happy. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you, guys. Thank you.